If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, a podcast dedicated to helping you take back control of your mental health and life. In this exciting episode, I interview renowned brain training coach, memory champion, New York Times bestselling author, international speaker and top podcast host, Jim Quick. Jim and I discuss why learning how to learn is the most powerful tool for mental and brain health. His limitless model to help you memorize anything, tips for parents and teachers on how to help your kids learn and build their brains, how Jim helps Hollywood actors and TED speakers memorize lines and speeches, why focus is so hard and how to focus despite numerous distractions and so much more. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and find some answers and solutions to whatever you may be struggling with. During this crisis, it's especially important to pay attention to your mental health and I want to make sure that I'm helping wherever I can. So send us any questions and concerns and follow me on social media to get daily mental health tips, techniques and strategies. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, please consider leaving a five-star review and keep sharing episodes with friends and family. Lastly, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast and what you're learning and loving. So keep sharing and tagging me. Now on to today's episode. Jim Quick, wow, I am so excited to meet you face to face. I know about you, I've followed you, I think you are phenomenal. You're doing stuff that's in my wheelhouse. I've worked for years with people with traumatic brain injury and you have the most brilliant story and how you overcame it. I'm in brain research, you teaching brain stuff, you are transforming lives. This is something that is just so up my street and I'm so honored that you've taken the time to come and just share about your experience, your life, your fantastic new book that I'm so excited about called Limitless. So thank you for joining me today. Oh, it's a real honor, real privilege to be here. And thank you, everybody who's listening. Yes. they are. are, Let me tell you, my viewers and listeners are really excited to hear you. Oh, good. I hope they're ready to take some notes. Exactly. Take (laughs) some notes, learn some techniques, improve their memory. You've got the t-shirt on. So we ready. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's fantastic. It's such a cool t-shirt. Okay, so Jim, just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, that we've introduced you, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us something that's not in your bio. And you know what motivates you? What drives you to do what you're doing? 
That's a great question. <laughs> my, in, my inspiration really was my desperation. You could say my, my mess became my, my message. I love it. As you mentioned, I, I've had a traumatic brain injury when I was five years old. And I had a, another one you know, a few years later. And mm. I had some learning difficulties that came from it. My parents, when I was rushed to the hospital, my, my parents said I was never quite the same. Where before mm. I was very energized, very curious, very playful. I became very shut down. Where it showed up the most was in education and school. I had very poor processing issues. Teachers would have to repeat themselves over and over again. And I didn't, I would eventually pretend to understand, but I didn't really understand. Mm. I had poor focus or memory. It took me an extra few years to learn how to read. And so reading was a, was a big challenge also as well. When I was nine years old, you know, an inflection point in my life where I was holding the class back and I was being teased because of it. And a teacher, I think coming to my defense, said, that, that's the boy with the broken brain. It's more saying, wow. you know, leave him alone. But all I registered in my mind at that age was I was broken. And that label became my limits. And, mm. uh, and it put me in that box that I talk about in the book where uh, we all feel like in some area we're, we're not making progress or that we're were limited. And so I struggled all through school, all through elementary school, middle school, junior high and high school. And eventually at the age of 18, I hit a wall, <laughs> not literally, but I fell down a yeah. flight of stairs <laughs> and I met again because <laughs> I was living in the library because I was working so much harder than everybody mm. else. And it wasn't very sustainable, not eating, not sleeping. Mm. And when I passed out in the library, I fell down a flight of stairs and I woke wow. up and I again woke up in the hospital two days later. Mm. And I remember I was down, it was the scary, scariest time. I was 18 years old. I, had, I was down to 117 pounds, mm. very malnourished, hooked up to all these IVs and I thought I died. And it was a very dark place because mm. maybe part of me thought I you know, should have um, or wished I did because I was struggled my whole, mm, you know, it was just whole too childhood. Much. Yeah. And I had pressure not coming directly from my parents. Being my, I mean, my parents immigrated to the United States my dad was 13 and lost both his parents and they couldn't afford to feed him and came to mm. the States to live with his aunt. You know, it's that typical story. We didn't have any money, no, didn't have mm. the education, you know, to speak the language. I lived in the back of the laundromat that my mom worked mm. at. But I was so, they weren't tiger parents, like driving mm. me to do, to do all these things. But I just felt I, I wanted to make them proud and, I, and, and make their sacrifice, you know, worth it. Mm, uh, it'd be also a good example for my, my younger brother and sister. And so when I was in the hospital bed, I thought there has to be a better way. And a nurse came in with a mug of tea and it had a picture of Albert Einstein on it. <laughs> it had this quote that said, the same level of thinking that has created your problem won't solve your problem. Some iteration. Very famous quote. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. And made me think, well, what's my problem? I was like, wow, I'm a very slow learner. You know, I have the broken brain. I was thinking, well, how do I think differently about this problem? I was like, well, maybe I could learn how to learn better or learn faster or, or fix my own brain. And so I set my studies aside and I just started studying. I became extremely passionate and curious about, I wanted to solve this one question. How does my brain work so I could work my brain? How does, how does my memory work so I could work my memory? And I started studying the power of the mind. I started studying some elementary introductory uh, neuroscience, adult learning theory, multiple intelligence theory. I, I started studying ancient mnemonics because I wanted to find out what mm -hmm. did cultures use before there were printing presses? <laughs> How yeah, did they remember yeah, things yeah. before there were 
phone, phones and computers and started studying the art and science of speed reading and all these other areas. And about two months into it, 60 days, a light switch just flicked on. It turned mm. on, switched on. And I just started to understand things for the very first time, comprehend. I had better focus. I was able to retain things that I read and remember things that teachers uh, would explain, professors. And my grade shot up, but not only that, but everything in my life, my, you know, with that competence, you know, in psychology, that, 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 that confidence, confidence loop, I got, you know, more confident and then my confidence rose and yes. then my life raised, you know, went to a new level also. But how I ended up teaching this was I, I couldn't help but help other people because I know what it feels like to struggle with overload. If somebody's listening to this right now and say, there's too much information, too little time, or I get so easily distracted, I'll read a page in a book and forget what I just read, or I'm forgetful, I didn't get someone's name, I forget it. You know, as soon as the handshake breaks, or I'm so absent-minded, or senior moments are coming easy, or you know, you know, earlier, and I'm so forgetful, and 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 I and I have this brain fog or fatigue, and I know what that feels like because I've spent mm. you know my whole formidable years you know fighting Thinking. those battles, mm. and so I started to teach. And one of my very first students, she was a freshman in college, and she read. 30 books in 30 days. Wow. Can you imagine that? Not That's skim insane. or scan, but she read you know, them. She read, really understood them. And, and, I, and I always talk about how a lot of people are really great at buying books, but that's a different skill than reading a book. <laughs> Some people are very good at purchasing books online, exactly. stores, but they sit on their shelf and they become shelf help and not self help. <laughs> I <And> love it. So, <laughs> shelf help and not self help. That's self help. And then I, but I wanted to find out her motivation. And that's a big part of the section of the book is on motivation. And I wanted to understand why some people know what to do, but they don't do what there's what they know they should do. Why common sense is not common practice. And I found out her motivation was her purpose was her mother was dying of cancer and was mm. only spent two months to live. And the books she was reading were books to save her mom's life. And mm. I find out six months later I get a call from this young lady and she's crying and she's crying and crying. And I find out when she stopped their tears of joy, real joy. And her mother now survived, but is really getting better. Doctors called it a miracle. Her mother attributed 100% to the great advice she got from her daughter, who learned it from all these books. Uh, In that moment, I realized that if knowledge is power, then learning is our superpower. And I dedicated my life to show people how to unleash that superpower. Oh, you know, I'm listening to that and I may look calm, but inside I'm like jumping all over the place because (laughs) your story is just beautiful. And it's so relatable because of the work that I do for 38 years. I've been involved in brain research. And I have to tell you, Jim, that 38 years ago when I started on this path, I've actually done a TED talk on this too. I said that the mind can change the brain. The mind and brain is separate, but inseparable. And I remember my professors because back in the 80s, we were trained, and I'm telling you this just to show you how you're part of a revolution. Seriously, we were trained that the brain could not change. So therefore, damage to brain, we were trained, teach your patients to compensate. There was literally no research on people with traumatic brain injury. It was called closed head injury, CHI, but it's the same thing, TBI. So, and I was seeing this with patients and I remember turning to my professors and saying, you know what, if you can train the mind, you can change the brain. Neuroplasticity Mm -hmm. was very new then. And I thought, I'm going to get into this and I'm going to take the area that is the area that has the least research to prove my point. And that was people with traumatic brain injuries. So I started working with people that had like been in coma for, for like weeks and had been written off as vegetables. And I started working with these people and using 
mind techniques and they've transformed literally from vegetables to university students and not just yeah, one, yeah. thousands. And Ooh, I tell I you that- I just got goosebumps. I call them, I call them truth bumps. Truth That's bumps. Amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. High five for that one. <laughs> truth bumps. Because that, when you were talking, I got the same thing because I've seen that what you experienced, I mm. saw that with my patients. And that's when I, that's what launched me on my career of researching, understanding the mind and the brain and the connection and how do thoughts form and what is a thought? What is a memory? Are they different? How do they work? And 38 years later, I still do clinical trials. I've just been Amazing. doing one. And that's why when I had the opportunity to interview you, I was through the moon because through, I was so excited because you are evidence that I'm so glad that I didn't listen to my professors. One supported me. The others told me I was asking a ridiculous question. Wow. And then why even pursue you can't help someone with brain damage. I said, watch me. Yeah. And I kind of feel Good you did you. the same thing. Yeah. I think you Good did the same you. thing. You fought back. You weren't going to be bro- the broke boy with the broken brain. You defied odds and you showed that with your mind, you can change your brain. So please let me congratulate you. Because oh, I you. have seen I... some people transform and you just... No, well, you, you, I, I appreciate and understand this in the same spirit. I appreciate you and the, the amazing work you've done over the past, you know, a handful of decades because we need more people like yourselves that, you know, with your background and be able to defy those limits because those are lies. And I talk about it yes, in the book you that do. a lie is a limited idea entertained. It's not necessarily the truth. It's a, you know, that somebody, people come to me all the time and they say, Jim, I'm too old or Jim, I'm just not smart enough, right? Or Jim, I have a horrible memory. And I always tell people, stop. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. And a lot of people, so good. we talk about in the book, in the section on mindset that, you know, I talk about seven lies to learning that are globally accepted, that along the same lines where certain things are fixed, like intelligence is fixed or the brain is just, it is what it is. But it's amazing the power of the of the human mind, and, that, and that's really what I mean about mm. limitless. Limitless is not about being perfect. You know, the subtitle is "Limitless: Upgrade Your Brain, Learn Anything Faster, and Unlock Your Exceptional Life." But mm. it's not about being perfect. Limitless is about Mm-mm. progressing beyond what you and others believe is possible, and, mm. uh, and that's really the goal. So I appreciate the work that you're doing, and the, and the platform, and, and how you serve, because more people need that example. Mm. That a lot of Thank people you. maybe they're not suffering from a traumatic brain injury, but maybe they have something else that that makes them feel like they're in a box where they feel they're not making progress or they're not mm. capable or they don't deserve it or it's not possible. And mm. then really this book is about. This book really, is, at its essence, is about transcending, transcending, about ending the trance, ending mm. this mass hypnosis. Maybe it's propagated by media or marketing that we're just, that we're broken or we need to be fixed or somehow we're not enough. It's just that your brain is this incredible, we talk about technology everywhere. Technology is surrounding us, but the ultimate technology, I believe, is the one we're born with but your brain doesn't come with an owner's manual. It's not always user-friendly. School certainly didn't teach you. School taught us what to learn and what to think and what to remember, but not necessarily how to learn, how to think, and how to remember. And that's really the essence of, of the book, how to mm. do those things. It's you've, your words, the way you explain it is just, beautiful and and it's like taking all the all the boundaries off i love the lie analogy and it's and what you say about learning how to learn honestly i mean i'm aging myself now but honestly when i've I've trained thousands of teachers i've worked in so many schools i've worked (laughs) in different environments like yourself and it, it was like a battle 
the importance, the battle was telling people exactly what you say. You've got to learn how to learn. You've got to build your brain. It is the core essence. And building your brain, if you think of it, what you just said is so powerful. Limitless, you, there's no bounds. doesn't mean it's going to be a walk in the park. It's hard work. Yeah. It doesn't mean you yeah. have to be perfect. It's a growth. But it's you said something key. And that key thing is you can do it. You, the person. Yeah. So there's your brain has to obey you. And that is the fight I've been, not fight, that's the message I've been trying to bring to people. So you're doing it so beautifully with your book. That's why I'm so 100% behind you because you are the one who's done that. And that means anyone can do it. You can control your brain. And that's what neuroplasticity is. And the research trials I've just done now, I've once again, I was one of the first researchers doing neuroplasticity in the 80s. And now with my research now, we see, we show the growth in the brain because I use advanced brain technology and mind stuff and whatever. So the things you're saying, you can actually see that growth in the brain. You can direct your neuroplasticity. And that's what you're doing. With your work, you are are directing neuroplasticity and i love your idea of the seven lies can you can you just talk about because those limitations you you can wire the limitation in you literally structurally change your brain neuroplasticity happens whether you like it or not your brain's always changing every moment of every day so you may as well make it move in the right direction and your book teaches people how to do that but those seven lies can we start there because just with a couple of those and unpack those because those are the things that neuroplasticity happens in it's a paradox called the neuroplastic paradox. So it can happen in a positive and a negative direction. So whether we like it or not, the message that I'm trying to tell people and your book is teaching people also how to do this is that you are going to change your brain. So you may as well change it in the right direction. And the oh, limit, I, those, I, sev- I, those seven things are going to change it in the wrong direction. So, this is true. Yeah, this is I true. Lo- so. I love this. I love this conversation where we're going with this. Well, I believe that, well, there's a framework that I, that I, that I model in the book, I call it the limitless model and everyone can draw it out. And I'll go through some of these lies that fall under. So just everybody think about three intersecting circles, a mm-hmm. Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. So and that you could draw it out on a piece of paper or like, or you can imagine in your mind, mm-hmm. you can't imagine it. Imagine you can imagine it. <laughs> think and of the Olympic, like, the Olympic circles kind exactly, of thing. But you've exactly. Got- like two, two ears for Mickey Mouse that are intersecting and then a face. There you go. And, and then you have it there. And so the first one is your mindset. And there, this is what I would define as mindset that's practical. A mindset would be your set of assumptions and attitudes about something. Mm-hmm. And so what would fall in that circle are things like what you believe is possible. What would fall in that circle is what you believe you're capable of, because those could be two different beliefs. You could believe something is capable, somebody's capable of. When people see me on stage, I often do some of these memory demonstrations just to give an example. Oh, they're or, amazing. Yeah. And I'll have maybe 50 or 100 people in an audience stand up and introduce themselves and I'll memorize all their names. So cool. Yeah. Or I'll give me 100 numbers or 100 words. But I always tell people, I don't do this to impress you. I do this to express to you what's truly possible Love because it. the truth is every single person listening can do that and a lot more. We just weren't taught. Exactly. Anything, exactly. We were, if anything, we were taught a lie that somehow our, um, you know, a lie, a limited idea yeah. that somehow our intelligence, our memory, our capability is somehow fixed like our shoe size. That's so untrue. Jim, I have to interrupt you so quickly there because that's so true. Intelligence is unlimited. I did intelligence research as well. And there is no cap. You are as intelligent as you want to be. So I just wanted to undergird what you said there. (laughs) No, no. And it's wonderful that it's it's very science-based because it's people, because you're right, absolutely before that, people did not believe it. They believe it's just what you're born with is what you have and and that's it. And it's it's fixed. Mm -hmm. And so 
what you believe is possible, what you believe you're capable of, what you believe you deserve could also fall in that area. Meaning that the last circle is methods. So the three M's, the first is mindset. The last is methods. Mm -hmm. And so I could teach somebody methods on how to learn a language or teach them how to remember people's names. But if their mindset says, oh, I'm not smart enough or I'm I'm too old, I have a horrible memory, then they're still going to be stuck in that box. They're going to be stuck. Mm-hmm. Because they can only achieve as much as what they believe is possible because we find that all behavior is mm-hmm. belief-driven. And so that that's a force that we need to unlimit. So what are some of... And there's a little bit of background in the background noise. So no problems. <laughs> you in New York at the moment. I am. In, I live between New York and Los Angeles. So I happen to be in New York where I'm cocooning. And so you might hear an occasional No, that's siren. a problem. My son lives there too. And every time I talk to him, there's this, the sirens. And I interviewed someone in New York yesterday, and the same thing. We had the sirens. So it's no problem. Yeah. Well, it's a wonderful <laughs> time also for people to exercise their focus. So yes. you could use this. And you don't have to just do it when you're, you could always be training your brain. And so good. exercising your concentration and developing that. And so going back to these lies, I, I realized that if, see, when I wrote Limitless, it, this is a, the book. Beautiful book. book, yeah. Primarily mm-hmm. was a book all on methods. When I was ready to hand it into my publisher, it was just it was it was all on how to study, how to read faster, how to you know how to, how to manual thinking exactly. But I asked myself before I handed it in, I said, okay, will a hundred percent of the people who read this book will they get the results? And my honest answer was no. Mm. And it was really sad and it was, it was disheartening to say out loud, but I realized that somebody, again, could have the right methods, but not do the... The work. Yeah. Not apply it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's so much going on in New York City. And so there's this, this siren yeah. just passing right now. That makes it real though. This is a real mm. conversation, a real time of what, you know, what's going on. We live in Yeah, this is times. what we're living in at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good sometimes to train underneath those kind of conditions. So I understood that mindset, we'd have to take care of those underlining identity, underlining mindset, those yeah. beliefs that people hold as, as true. One of them is lie in no particular order. One is that intelligence is fixed, mm-hmm. right? And we know that's not- Such a lie. We know that's not the case. And not even scientific. I mean, never was. There was never any science to back that up. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, totally. The whole IQ movement was not scientific. It was so, it was, it's flawed, totally flawed. And it doesn't even align with what we, what we even understand about the brain. Even in the 80s, it didn't align, but it was a very convenient message for various different reasons. But that's kind of shot out the wall now. It doesn't work at all. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. And that's, and that's great that you bring that up because, you know, somebody taking a test when they're, in the IQ test when they're eight, that's, is that their potential when they're 88, Gosh, you know? No. And it's, so it's not, there's a quote that I start the book with from a French philosopher that says, life is the C between B and D. Oh, life is that's C beautiful. E and D. And B is, stands for birth. D stands for death. C stands for choice. Oh, that is so good. That we always, our mind always has the ability to make a new choice. And at all times, that these difficult times, they could define you. These difficult times can diminish you or these difficult times can develop you. We, so we decide with our choices. We hear about, you know, traumatic brain injuries. You hear about post-traumatic stress. We don't hear a lot of as much attention to post-traumatic growth. You know, like where yeah. I had this, where some people have gone through traumatic experiences that they wouldn't wish upon anybody, yet they wouldn't 
change things. They, exactly, they, because of the way they are afterwards, once they've gone through it, what they've learned from it. Yeah, I agree with you. We focus on the negative, but there's all that growth factor that happens. That's right. the neuroplasticity. It, it, Exactly. And they came out of it, even though it was difficult, they, they, they developed that their struggle became a strength, that they found through that adversity, they found a meaning, they mm. found a purpose, they found, you know, a mission, they found strength, they found what they're, they show, they're shown what there was, what is possible for them to survive. And uh, mm. I think part of life is not just, you know, we know self-care and self-love is not mm. selfish. And part of it is, you know, being able to stand in front of a mirror and fall in love again with that person looking back at you who's been through so much, but is still standing, you know, and so to mm. be able to know that it's possible and, but it takes that conscious, your mind making those choices mm. and every day, every minute of every day, we have an opportunity to make a new choice of what to focus on, you know, what, what to think, what to feed our body, what to feed our mind, mm. you know, whether we should move that day or a choice to prioritize our sleep or to be able to meditate or all the, all the things. And so these set of choices, all the, is, we are the sum in a way, our life is a sum total of all the choices mm -hmm. we've made up to this point, mm -hmm. and we can make new ones. So going back to intelligence is fixed, we know that IQs, or even standardized tests, it's just not, you know, school. They snapshots, the, they're little snapshots in that's time. Perfect, that's a perfect example. It mm -hmm. is. And it's not even a full panoramic view of, mm -mm. of all the different forms of intelligence, because a lot of the standardized tests, even thinking about you know, the SATs, they would measure something like verbal and mathematical. Mm. But, but what about visual spatial intelligence? What about interpersonal? You know, people are great with people. What about kinesthetic, great, the great athletes and choreographers and dancers and martial artists? You know, what about the, the other, the, all the musical intelligence? There's other, so, so not only is it not fixed and set, there's also other forms that maybe the question is not how smart you are, it's how are you smart? It's not how smart your kids are. It's how are they smart? Uh, yeah, Jim, what you're saying is so important. And I, I just want to undergird once again that I did part of my work research I did mm -hmm. was looking at Howard Gardner was doing his work on seven intelligences pretty much at the same time yeah. I was doing my research on the unconscious wow. mind. Yeah, And I was looking at what drives the unconscious mind, which is the biggest part of how we function. It's our deep spiritual, it's our, our, it's our intelligence, our, our you-ness, our truth. It's, it's driving force. It's brilliance and it's huge and it's quantum. And in that, what I discovered from my neuroscientific research and looking at quantum physics and all this kind of mix of psychoneuroimmunology and all these different things, we're not, like because you mentioned interpersonal and you mentioned linguistic and visual spatial, we can never say we won. And what we see is the brain's got seven different modules. And I'm going to tell this very quickly. Yeah. And these seven different modules align with the non-conscious. So the physical aligns with this this more deeper spiritual non-conscious, we call it in science, mind. And it is this, un in other words, intelligence is not a fixed one or the other. You can't be a visual learner. It's impossible because right. in order for you to process a thought, to build a memory, to actually build a thought, you need to go through all seven different types of modules in your brain. So as you listening to me now, as I'm listening to you, as the viewers are listening and watching, they are using all the visual, the spatial, the kinesthetic, yeah. the interpersonal, the in but differently. And that's what makes us unique. So I have a whole, I did a a whole lot of scientific testing around that. So you've got to use all seven. And the more you use all seven, because every thought has to be, like you digest food, every thought has to be built through a digestive process. It's got to, like you, you eat food and you it, it gets assimilated through the same thing with thoughts. So what mm. you're saying is absolutely scientifically one spot on that we are a combination of everything and it's our own unique combination. So science yeah. is undergirding everything you're saying. 
it's it's amazing and it's amazing to know how resilient our brains are and also how how unique they are because of you know whether it's from genetics or also just our environment and we all grow up with various environments and expectations and experiences that shape us all the time that neuroplasticity, just like our physical muscles, they grow through novelty and nutrition, right? You give it an exercise yeah, and exactly. you it. same, same thing with your mental muscles to make those connections. You Very challenge good. your brain, you have novelty, and then you give it good nutrition. And so, you know, even another lie would be something along the lines of what you're saying is that we don't just use 10% of our brains, mm, you know, like you see, it, you see it in movies and television shows all the time that, oh, you use five or 10% <laughs> and that, that's a complete myth. Mm. And, you know, we use all our, our brain, just like we use our brain as part of exactly. our body. We use all our body also as well. And it's just some people use it more efficiently and more effectively exactly. than others because they've trained it. It's the equivalent of somebody, if they were hiking up a big, you know, hill, somebody who's really fit and athletic and has, you know, they've trained their body through structure and systems and strategies, they can go up that hill and it could be ease. They're using 100% mm-hmm. of their body, but somebody who might not be as fit or as trained, they, get, they still use all their body, but they're not, it's harder because they're not as efficient. They are not, as, they haven't trained their their physical fitness, much like people have in their, their mental fitness. And so we don't want people believing that they use only a small percentage and that you're unlocking it. We're just showing people how to use it more effectively and also how to train so that they can make those connections, make oh, them more sense. And so the lies could you know, include mm. those two, include even things like mistakes or failures. It's just a common lie that people, lie. Mm. meaning that if you're not willing to make mistakes, how do you learn about anything? Mm-hmm. And so we talk about that because what limits us sometimes, you know, as children, children learn so quickly. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is that keep, they're not afraid of making mistakes. A child could fall countless times, but they don't fall 20 times and just say, okay, Forget it's it. I'm not, done. I'm not gonna walk. But sometimes adults mm-hmm. they'll try coding or they'll try salsa or they'll try something and, and they, they don't wanna they don't wanna look bad. And and we know that that failure is not the opposite of success, that failure is part of success. It's part of it. It's in yeah. The more failures, the more successes. The more learnings that we're gonna do, the more feedback. Maybe there's no failure, but there's only maybe a failure to, to learn something in the process. And so these kind of things are just so important that people know and in, in their mindset, because even the one I talk about probably the most is that it's something, a phrase that we've heard all the time, that knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Heard all the time, you know, it's, it's, but it's not, it's not accurate because it, knowledge, just knowing something doesn't make your life any better. But when, you know, it's potential power, but when you apply it, knowledge times action equals power. And that's, that's a big part of our message is that a lot of people know what to do, but they don't do what they know. A lot of things are very common sense, but those things are not common practice. Exactly. That, that's really what this book is about. It's about liberating yourself because just knowing something here, if not without implementing, you're not going to get the results. So people could study something, you know, to their heart's content, but if they're not utilizing that information, they're no better off than somebody who didn't do it. Uh, I'm jumping on the inside again. I'm getting the truth bumps again. That knowledge is power. I've been saying for years as well. It was on my business card at one point. It's not the knowledge that's the power. It's the knowledge of how to learn. That's the real power. Oh. You know, it's how to use that knowledge. And that's the how to use the knowledge, the application level. That's mind management. I'm actually finishing my 18th book at the moment. And it's literally wrapped, wrapped, up, wrapped, <laughs> wrapped up like now at the moment. It's on mind management. So this is why I keep getting so excited when I hear you oh talk. Oh my goodness. Because I, I can't wait to, to go deep in, 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 in your work. 
well, I can't wait to talk more. I tell you, I feel like this yes. is just the beginning. The view and I could talk for hours about the brain and the mind. Oh I can just see it. It's just like, wow, you're just saying such fantastic stuff well, in such a clear way. Well, I really appreciate the work speaking that you do because it's just, this is what we want to bring to the world is, yes. that, you know, it's, it's the mind. There's no, when I talk about limitless, the, the, the limitless resource we have on planet earth is human potential. Yes. You know, there's no limit. Yes. The sky's not the limit. Your mind is the limit and there's no exactly. limit to your creativity. There's no exactly. limit to your imagination. There's no limit to our ability to solve problems. There's no limit to human determination. It's just, you know, again, we don't have that owner's manual for it. By now, I'm sure you've heard of the dangers of artificial light, especially artificial blue light from our devices like phones and TVs. If you aren't familiar with what artificial blue light is and how it can negatively impact your mental and physical health, then I highly recommend you listen to my podcast, episode 114. Do you find you get those terrible headaches at night or after a long day of work at a computer? I used to get this all the time until I started using Blue Blocks glasses, the one company I trust to make the highest quality and scientifically backed blue light blocking glasses. Blue Blocks has a variety of lens options, so you can get a pair that suits to your most pressing needs, such as the Summer Glow Lens, which is designed for daytime use for those who work under intense artificial lighting and suffer from migraines, anxiety, depression, or seasonal affective disorder. Many customers have reported that these glasses have really helped improve their mood. Get 15% off your order today when you use the code DRLEAF at checkout. Just go to blueblocks.com and use the code DRLEAF at checkout. The link and details will be in the show notes. And there's no no limit to change and you need that owner's manual and you're providing that with your book and that there's no limit to change. And you said choice earlier on, you know, this you might find interesting, John, in, in, I'm sorry, in our most recent clinical trials, we were looking at these, we're looking using QEEGs and that choice that you, you were talking about earlier on yeah. and the limitless change, we see that in our, our unconscious knows that we know it deep down, but we get mm-hmm. so conditioned by society. It's the limits. So those in your circle, the limits, we limit it, but it doesn't align with what we really believe. So it creates the tremendous conflict. The QEEG technology picks up what the truth is. It picks up what you really believe and it picks up the conflicts and it picks up the learning and also picks up how quickly people can change. Because it's such an advanced technology and it's very real time, you can see the peaks of people learning as they change and that change is painful. You know, you find there's certain time periods where certain points where people change because you mentioned about it's not easy. It's you got to push through the failure, how a child keeps getting up. Mm -hmm. And we see that when someone knows about mind management, when they recognize the power of choice and the fact that change is related to success and failure. You see the changes in how they're functioning and you see it in the brain. It also comes out in the narrative. You know, it's hard life. The language you're using, if we had to look in your brain, we would see these peaks of learning. We'd see a lot of gamma waves and that's that's what our brain craves. It craves that optimization. So I see your work as being your manual for how to optimize your brain. You know, you're really optimizing brain function, but it's your mind that's doing it. So we can read your book and never apply it, or we can, which is what you didn't want, which is what you went to your publishers. You didn't want to just give a how-to. You somehow wanted to grab people so that they don't just read it, but they do it. 
Right. Exactly. And the way we do it actually is we take them through the the hero's journey because we model entertainment. And so there's like a lot of many of the, the the most epic stories in the in the world. You think about Star Wars, you think about Wizard of Oz, you think of Harry Potter, you know, it's a it's Joseph Campbell's work of the, the hero's journey. And so we take people from the ordinary into introduce them to a more an extraordinary world where they're faced with trials and challenges and they have to slay the dragon, they meet a mentor and they're equipped with with training and then they come back full circle and they go back into the ordinary world with this treasure elixir. And so we make it in story format. I love that. Through story we learn, we know that through, you know, for generations, you know, throughout history, we would pass on information through stories around campfires, right? And that exactly. we the best teachers taught through parables and and because it activates all those areas of your brain. I actually would love to read it. Just I've never I don't Please. you don't have something like an audiobook yet. <laughs> so this would be actually Please, a, 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 dude, a first. I love that. You know, this um, is beautiful. In the in the in the days past you would go to a book reading of an author. Mm-hmm. I've sat in Paris in, in the Shakespeare's bookshop and I've sat at the feet of a, they, run, they, they have the old fashioned book readings where they have this, whatever, they, and that particular day there was a scientist, one of my scientists I follow, and he was reading from his new book and we were sitting there. So yeah. please go ahead. Let's okay. enter back. Oh, let's, I love it. Oh, this, will be, this, this will be a Beautiful. quick story, but talking about stories and parables, since we don't have an audiobook, we could treat this as, 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 a, as, a, as a new reading because the book just came out. Beautiful. This is to defy a story. So I, I talk about the seven lies to learning and I talk to Sai about the science to say the contrary. And then I tell a story for people to understand it. And then I give them a new belief for them to entertain that's more empowering. So Love one it. of the lies is that a genius is born. And here's the story because I believe genius is built. I agree okay. with you. <laughs> Okay. A king was watching a great magician perform his act. The crowd was enthralled, and so was the king. At the end, the audience roared with approval, and the king said, What a gift this man has, a God-given talent. This is interesting, like a a book reading here. I love it. This is beautiful. This is what they did, as I said. I feel so the author's reading his bit of his book. Precious. But a wise counselor said to the king, My lord, genius is built, not born. This magician's skill is the result of discipline and practice. These talents have been learned and honed over time with determination and discipline. The king was troubled by this message. The counselor's challenge had spoiled his pleasure in the magician's arts. Limited and spiteful man, how dare you criticize a true genius? As I said, you either have it or you don't. And you most certainly don't. The king turned to his bodyguard and said, throw this man into the deepest dungeon. And he added for the counselor's benefit, so you won't be lonely. You can have two of your kind to keep you company. You shall have two piglets as cellmates. From the very first day of his imprisonment, the wise counselor practiced running up the steps of his cell to the prison door, carrying in each hand a piglet. As the days turned into weeks and the weeks into months, the piglet steadily grew into sturdy boars. And with every day of practice, the wise counselor increased his power and strength. One day, the king remembered the wise counselor and was curious to see how imprisonment had humbled him. He had the wise counselor summoned. When the prisoner appeared, he was a man of powerful physique, carrying a boar on each arm. The king exclaimed, what a gift this man has, a God-given talent. The wise counselor replied, my lord, genius is built, not born. 
My skill is the result of discipline and practice. These talents have been learned and honed over time with determination and discipline. Oh, Jim, perfect. That was absolutely perfect. That is such an important message. If people get nothing else and they've already gained so much from this discussion, that is brilliant. Yeah, it's it's just the, one of the lies I talk about in their mindset, a limited idea entertained is people people believe that people are just born with a certain genius. They're just born with, with that ability to do that. And we know that that quote that that hard work beats talent and talent doesn't work hard. And through consistent practice, right, we're, we're conditioning, you know, whether it's mm. our physical body or our brain, which is part of our body through that mm-hmm. neuroplasticity, you know, we, we actually can create and build genius and get good at these skills that we, that we need to. And so the first circle coming back full circle is mindset. Again, your assumptions and attitudes about something, the world, about yourself, about learning, about you know business, that, that's at your circle. Now, as I'm going through this, let's make it like very personal for people. I want you to think about an area of your life where you feel like you're held back. Mm. What area do you feel like you're, you feel limited? You're not making progress. You, maybe it's in your relationship. Maybe it's in your career. Maybe it's in your income. Maybe it is in your, in your learning your memory or your reading ability, what area do you feel you're not making like impact? And you feel like you're in that box, like I did. Now that box that you feel like you're stuck in, uh, for me, you know, is my, with my learning, there's, the box is three-dimensional. And the three dimensions that keep you in that box are the same forces that will liberate you. And those are the three circles. So the first is mindset. The second one is motivation. Motivation. Now, there are some lies around motivation also as well that we, mm. you know, dispel those, those lies. And, but for most people, motivation is something that's fleeting. They mm. go to an event, they get really excited, they dance around and wave their arms and say, I'm going to make some change. I'm going to do this. I'm going to change this in my relationship. I'm going to change this with what I eat. I'm going to start doing this. And then the next day that motivation, quote unquote, wears off. And it really was just more of a warm bath that they feel like they have to heat up all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've discovered through through my experience of teaching this for 28 years, just field testing this, working with children with learning challenges to seniors that are early stage dementia mm-hmm. and everybody in between. And you know, I lost my... It's a, it's a sensitive subject for me because while I was going through these learning challenges, I also lost my grandmother, who was my mm. primary caregiver to Alzheimer's. Mm, so it was, so that was, it was, it left an impression. That's why I spent a lot of time in senior centers and, mm. um, you know, I trained at the Cleveland Clinic Center for Brain Health, their doctors, wow. but also their patients and their caregivers to help them polish off their memories. And also Beautiful. what I get back is immense wisdom. Because mm. you know the life experiences yeah. that, that people have had—that's such a great. What you just said is just so good. So yeah, we're actually donate a hundred percent of the proceeds to this book to two charities for building schools. We built schools for ten years everywhere from Guatemala to Kenya that's because incredible. Um, for girls and boys who don't have access to education, clean water, or healthcare, and also that's Alzheimer's incredible. research. So wow. um, we're very passionate about that. But going that's back into fantastic. this motivation circle. Motivation, I have a formula for motivation that helps us with our clients. And so if you struggle with procrastination, what could keep you in that box is you're not taking action, right? Even if you have mm-hmm. a limitless mindset, you believe it's possible, you believe you deserve it, you believe you're capable of it. If you're not motivated, you're still going to be stuck. And so the formula 
that I've discovered after just working with countless individuals. And we have online students in over 195 countries. We have our own podcast with tens of millions of downloads, which I would love to invite you on also Mm. as well. I would uh, love called, to. It's called Quick Brain. Our, our, yes, I know it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, our show is only fifteen minutes, but it's just it's it's very it's very practical, like yours. And so I would love to have you on. I'd be honored. Thank you. So and then to, to really to talk about love to go deep and in, in your and in, in your and your superpowers, but going okay. back to this, the formula is P times E times S three. P times E times S3. These Mm -hmm. are the three key elements for sustainable motivation. Because when I say limitless, some people think about the movie with Brad Cooper and Robert Zero. (laughs) Take a pill and all of a sudden he has this incredible memory. He's able to learn languages. He writes his book very quickly. And, you know, he has, he's doing all this amazing, has a focus and is a surge of motivation. But when that pill wears off 24 hours later, he just crashes. And you don't want that Mm -hmm. with your motivation. Mm -hmm. So, Let's all do a thought experiment. Let's pretend, mm-hmm. let's, let's build the, if we're going to build the ultimate motivated human being, what would the elements be? Like what, why do some people, they don't need to get hyped up. They don't need other people to motivate them. They just, they always consistently act because the evidence that somebody is motivated is not what you say. You could say you're motivated, but that's not it. You could feel motivated, but that's not it. It's what you do. That's the evidence. You mm-hmm. actually consistently act. So Mm -hmm. how would you build that person? For me, I would start with P and P stands for purpose. Meaning here's the thing. Like I was talking to somebody recently and he was saying that he gets up at 4.30 every morning and what does he do? He works out. And I was like, that's, that's interesting. And I was like, I'm just curious. Do you, do you love, are you a morning person? Do you love waking up so early? And he's like, no, I'm actually not a morning person. I'm like, okay but then you love working out, then that's why you're getting up. He's like, no, I actually hate working out even more than I enjoy waking up in the morning. And I was just like, wow, because a lot of people think motivation, you have to love that activity. But now I, I choose to bring joy to a workout and, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, do it because that's a, that's my mind. Mind choice. Yeah. Right. Thank you yeah. for saying that. Yes. That's yeah. what I teach all the time. Your mind's behind the workout. A- absolutely. And so, and, and I realized that I do things in the morning sometimes that I don't necessarily love. Like every single morning, I met a gentleman by the name of Wim Hof seven oh, years I've ago. Oh, I've interviewed him. I'm interviewing him again oh, okay. next week. Love oh, him. Yeah. Okay, He's great. Here. Just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of history. And I do, since seven, over seven years ago, I take cold showers every morning. I, if people follow me on Instagram, I, I take these insane, like uh, ice baths, all ice, literally all ice, no water. I, I haven't got to the I, ice bath. I do the ice showers, but I haven't done the ice bath yet. Yes. And next week, I'm interviewing Wim again, and he's going to ask me if I've done the ice bath yet. I have to say, oh dear, I got <laughs> I got motivated by Jim. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so here's the thing, just, just like my friend, I don't necessarily love the cold. I grew up in the Northeast. I don't love the cold, but I have a purpose for doing it. And it's not just a cognitive purpose. Like I know why I should do it because of all the reasons for cold therapy. And yet I still do it. I've never missed a day in seven years of cold shower. And I'll just go 30 seconds cold, 30 seconds warm. It won't Mm -hmm. be all cold, right? But I never miss it, even though I don't enjoy it. Now I have the reasons. And one of those reasons is I feel, first of all, I get, I feel better than drinking coffee or anything else. It just, it just resets my nervous system and lowers inflammation, does all these things, great benefits. But I also feel like if I could find calm in chaos, 
then that shows up in other areas of my life. If I train myself. Carryover effect. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so that carryover is amazing. And and I love how I feel when, you know, like everyone loves how they feel after they work out. Nobody Mm -hmm. worked out and regrets doing it. But so purpose is not just knowing intellectually all the pros for doing it or the cons is feeling, allowing yourself to feel it because Mm -hmm. we're not logical we're more biological. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think about dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to get your 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 heart involved in the process. So feel like here's an example. My uh, an acquaintance of mine is does not have a very good lifestyle, very very a compromised lifestyle, mm-hmm. and he end up he end up having a heart attack, having triple bypass surgery, and you would think that because of it he would make some changes, but still didn't change. But then a couple years later, I see him, and I and he looks fantastic. He, he looks like he's amazing. He lost all his weight. He looks younger, and yeah. and I asked him like, you got to tell me like, what do you what happened? And he said one one day his daughter came crying to him, and he asked her what was the matter. And she said, I want you to be around when I have kids. I want you to be around to oh, walk wow. me down the aisle at my wedding, you know, Aww. and that that feeling, you know, you know, was so powerful that he changed his whole lifestyle. Wow. And, and so what I'm saying is for purpose, allow yourself to feel the rewards that come from something and also maybe even the consequences of not doing those things. And if you can't feel either, maybe you shouldn't even be doing it also. You know, you could evaluate those That's actions. Very good. And seeing if it's aligned with your values. Yeah. And so, first thing is purpose. Now, my mind went, okay, if I just have purpose for, let's say, exercising or purpose for reading every day, I think leaders are readers. It's reading is to your mind, what exercises to your body. Mm-hmm. If someone like yourself has almost four decades of experience and you put it into 18 books, <laughs> I mean, and somebody could sit down in a few days and read that book, they could download decades in the days. That exactly. is the, that's the most amazing advantage anyone of can reading, ever have. Exactly, of reading. And just a quick interruption yeah. there, with my all my patients and everyone who ever hears me talk, I always at the top of the prescription list is read, 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 read. Right, think, right, right, think, right. And then think what, what you're reading about, yeah. No, it's interesting because it, you see that theme, like when people see me on social media with, with Oprah or Elon Musk or Bill Gates or, these, or, or Will Smith, we literally have bonded, we bonded over books. Just that, yeah. that was the commonality. It wasn't beautiful. You know, the reason because, because leaders are readers. Even on the, the cover blurb for the book is from Will Smith. He says, Jim Quick knows how to get the maximum out of me as a human being. I saw that. It's beautiful. No, <laughs> but, that's, but, but I can see that's true. Yeah. For, we just we did an Insta story the other day. And, and, you know, I said, what are the two things you do to keep top shape with, you know, with everything you have going on? And he was like, two things, Jim. I run and I read. Every day I do something physical and I do something mental. But going going back to the power of reading, you could have big enough purpose saying, yeah, I want to be an expert in my field. I want to increase my impact, my income. And, you know, knowledge is not only power, it's profit. And I want to learn more, right? The faster I can learn, the faster I can earn. You could feel it. But then I said, okay, if we're building this ultimate motivated human being, if you just have purpose, will you always follow through? And I said, no, you could be missing the E. And the E stands for energy. Meaning somebody could have want to be motivated to work out and they could feel all the reasons, but it, maybe they have a newborn and they haven't slept in two or three mm-hmm. nights. They're going to be exhausted and they're probably not going to be as motivated. Or maybe they just ate a big processed meal and they're in a food coma. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be motivated to study that day or to be motivated to read that day. So energy. So in the book, I talk about 10 different key areas to be able to optimize your mental vitality, right? Mm-hmm. Everything from the brain foods to stress management to optimizing your sleep. 
And then I went back and I said, okay, someone has purpose and they feel it and they have bountiful, limitless energy. Will they always be motivated? And I said, no, there's one thing missing that I've noticed just working with every age and stage of life is that small, simple step. S3, small, simple step. Because what keeps people unmotivated or taking action is when their goal maybe is too intimidating or too big, or like they want to, they want to find their soulmate and meet, meet and live happily ever after. Yeah, they want to build the perfect body. They want to, you know, have the next million dollar online brand, whatever. Right? Yeah, <laughs> way, way too big, and yeah. or it be so big, it could be confusing, and a confused mind doesn't do anything. No. So, how do you find your small, simple step? A small, simple step is asking yourself this question. Is a magic question. What is the tiniest action I can take right now that will give me progress towards this goal mm-hmm. where I cannot fail? Mm-hmm. What's the tiniest action that will give me progress towards this goal where I cannot fail? So maybe it's it maybe it's too intimidating to work out an hour a day. So a small simple step: put on your running shoes. Maybe it's intimidating to read for an hour a day for some people. Maybe your small simple step is opening up the book, mm-hmm. right, or reading one line. Beautiful. And so that's mm-hmm. that's motivation. And then finally, the last M, you have mindset, motivation, and you have methods. And the methods are what we teach. And I focus on five areas of learning, the area of meta-learning, where it's learning how to learn. I feel like school taught us what to learn, what to focus on, what to study, what to remember, what to read, you know, what to think, but not how to learn, how Mm -hmm. to study, how Mm -hmm. to focus, how to remember. There's no class on memory. Mm. (laughs) How to to read better. Because the last reading class we took was when we were six or seven and everyone's overloaded because they're still using antiquated skills that they learned when they were in elementary school. So my goal here is to unlimit those five areas. And so we do a chapter on focus and concentration, a focus on studying, a focus whether you know, you're a student or you're in a, your professional studying material. Uh, the biggest chapter in the book is actually on memory. And I wrote that chapter on memory actually in Greece because uh, the goddess of memory, I, I found out that her, her nine children or the nine muses of science, mm. literature, and art. And isn't it interesting that the mother of science, literature, and art is, is memory, right? And, you know, I found well, out without memory, you can't function because memory is thought, is, is what's inside the thought, and that's mind. Exactly. Isn't so that amazing? So you just unpack it, yeah. yeah and then just... when I do trainings at places like Facebook or at Google, you know, they'll say like, well, why do I have to remember everything because I have it right here? It's just that we can only make decisions or choices based on the information. That you have in your head, not on yeah. your phone. That's what exactly. Oh. Exactly. I tell you, I'm getting the truth bumps again. It's like I'm hearing, <laughs> I'm that, hearing you saying things that, that that are just like what I've been teaching for years. It's so fantastically important. It's so much science there. Oh no, because I, I know you're with your with your back with your background. It means mm. a lot because everyone who's listening here is just they'd be inspired. And speaking of inspiration, where you see this three circles, where mindset crosses over with motivation, you have. I'm going to give you three eyes where mindset and and motivation cross over, you have inspiration. So you have mindset experts, mindset books, a great book by Carol Dweck called Mindset, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You have motivational speakers, motivational books, and where they cross over, you have inspiration. Then you have inspirational speakers, inspirational books, inspiring movies. An inspiring movie in some way, you know, changes, you know, touches upon your mindset about, wow, what's possible? And it gives you a little energy and motivation. But you are inspired, but you don't know what to do because you're not, you're not, connected to the methods, right? Exactly. Where mindset crosses over with methods, mindset and methods, you know what's possible in your mind and you know the methods to use, but it just stays an idea. So that's ideation. 
ideation because you're lacking the motivation to do yep, something. Yep, you got to put it all together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And where motivation crosses over with methods, motivation and methods, you have the third eye, which is implementation. Implementation. And so what it actually... So where everyone's like looking at it, this is actually in their mind, they should see this, the three circles that come together. And in the middle, you know, mindset is the possibility, motivation is the purpose and method is the process. Mm -hmm. And where all three I's or three M's coming together in the middle, that's integration, integration. Mm. And that is the limitless state. That's the limitless state in the, in the middle. Oh, I love it. I, I have to one day when we, we, I'll send you one of my books, one day we'll sit and I'll show you the theory I developed 38 years ago. And you'll see those three circles, different wording, but three circles and where the integration is, is where the, the mind is actually connecting the conscious with the unconscious. Wow. And that creates this literally a pathway to, you call it limitless pathway to thinking beyond what you ever could imagine. And this so is amazing. It's phenomenal. It's so scientific. I'm looking forward to that because this framework becomes, it takes the judgment. Sometimes, you know, studies done in self-compassion, you know, where people often beat themselves up because they yes. don't follow through. Yeah. We know that kindness is a better alternative or a better mm-hmm. choice. Mm-hmm. And we know we can make choices instead of beating ourselves up when we're falling short. We could say, okay, let's using this framework is... And isn't this this border or boundary? Because really what we're doing is redrawing the borders and boundaries. We're going through a process called unlimiting. Unlimiting is the term that I coined in the book about actively removing the limits in in your life. So it's a limit Mm -hmm. in one of these three areas. So when you're stuck in your finances and your career and your income, your health and your relationship, is it in your mindset? Like, do you believe it's not possible? Mm. Or do you believe you don't deserve it? Or do you believe you're not capable of it? And then you could address it. You know, we talk about it, how to unravel those lies in the book, or is it in your motivation? Do you not feel the purpose? Are you lacking energy because you're not prioritizing sleep or you're around energy vampires that just kind of- Energy vampires, that is so good. Right. (laughs) I talk about the energy, how you've got limited amounts in your brain and whatever, and you've got to, and it sucks. But energy vampire, that is such a good term. There's some people in our life that just, you know, this all of a sudden you don't feel motivated more. Or maybe like- Get the vampires out. (laughs) Exactly. Or maybe, you you know, this area that you're making progress, you're not breaking it down into small, simple steps because inch by inch, it's a cinch. Yard by yard, it's too hard. Or maybe you're using love old your methods. little phrases. They're <laughs> so cool. Or maybe the methods you're using for health and wellness is antiquated. It's based on old research, mm-hmm. you know, or marketing, or management, or negotiation, or reading, or memory. Maybe the methods need to be unlimited mm-hmm. and updated also as well. So my so message many aspects. For, mm-hmm. so my message to everyone listening is basically, you know, especially in the times that we're in right now, is I implore you. Do not downgrade your dreams to meet this current situation. Do not downgrade your dreams to meet Mm. this current situation. Upgrade your mindset, your motivation, and your methods to be able to meet your dreams, your destiny. Oh, that's absolutely outstanding. What if I told you you could get high-quality organic and non-GMO groceries delivered to your door for a lot less than you're paying now and help out families in need? That's what I'm doing since I discovered Thrive Market. As a proud Thrive Market member, I get the products I love and my paid membership provides a free one for someone in need, like a low-income family, teacher, veteran or first responder. I love getting all my clean 
clean beauty products like makeup and skincare from Thrive because they have the best prices for the best quality products. Shopping online is fun and so easy. No stressful lines and I could shop in my PJs from my couch. And as a member, I'm saving 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices and their carbon neutral shipping is free on orders over $49. Need any more convincing? Not only do I feel great about getting a deal on my favorite clean organic products, but I also feel great about helping to support families who need it most. In addition to membership matching, Thrive Market is matching donations to their COVID-19 relief fund dollar for dollar. Try Thrive Market and become a member risk-free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash drleaf. Join today and you'll get up to $20 in shopping credit towards your first order. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash drleaf to start your risk-free membership and get up to $20 towards your first order. thrivemarket.com slash drleaf. The link and offer details will also be in the show notes. Oh, I have like a million questions for you, a million discussions. So Thanks. you're going to have to come back on this podcast, but I'm uh, going to ask you one more question. I, I'm big. I'm just saying you yes, have to, but yes, please, yes. will you? <laughs> yes, yes, please. Can we, can, we, can we continue this discussion? This is so fantastic and do stuff together and go teach people how to use their brain. It'll be so exciting. I want to ask you, I know that you teach Hollywood actors. You've mentioned Will Smith and you've mentioned Oprah and you've mentioned a few people. You help TED speakers as well to memorize stuff. And do you mind just giving a couple of techniques just around around that because there's so much I want to still ask you but let no, me ask no, you that course. question and, and of course of course let's, okay. let's, let's, let's do something really okay so let's do this all right so I'll, I'll give an example of what I learned when I studied ancient cultures and one of them came from ancient Greece and it's 2500 year old memory technique yeah that orders would use or poets would use to be able to mm-hmm. memorize and it's timeless and mm-hmm. it's really fun and it's easy and you just have to be a little bit playful so if people are listening or watching be playful with this and so what the story goes it's it's called the memory palace mm-hmm. and it's popularized by simonides and simonides mm-hmm. was I'm an familiar order. with it Yes. yes. He gave a poetry reading in a building. And when he left the building, something really tragic happened. The building collapsed and he was the only survivor. And because he was the only survivor, he had the responsibility of helping family members identify their loved ones. And he was able to because he remembered where they were all sitting. Mm. And, and he learned that we store information in part by in space. That as hunter-gatherers, maybe you didn't need to memorize formulas and everything. You needed to remember where's the clean water, where's the enemy tribe, where's the food, where's the fertile soil. So we store information in place. So a very simple technique is to take a place that you're familiar with, maybe your living room, your kitchen, your bedroom, your bathroom, and and delineate, choose the first place, second place, third place, just go clockwise around. So maybe, for example, you're in your kitchen and you say, okay, my microwave is the first place, my stovetop is the second place, my refrigerator is the third place, mm-hmm. my dishwasher is the fourth, and my sink is the fifth. And then what they would do is they would take the information they want to remember and, and they would turn it into an image and put it in that place. And I call this the memory as easy as pie, P-I-E. Yeah. Key is place. I is imagine because we tend to remember things, not just that we hear, but also what we imagine, see. And then also E is entwine. Entwine. What are you entwining? The place and the image. And so we could do this yeah. something really simple, like let's do it for brain foods. Okay. Very simple. So let's say you have to go to the store and pick up like we're gonna have a we're gonna have a limitless brain party (laughs) and you're in charge of picking up the food and have you ever gone to the store to buy one thing 
and you come you back come with out two with bags everything. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> except for that one thing that you went there for, right? Exactly. So really quickly, we'll take 10 places on our body. All right, we'll use our body because that's a place we're familiar with. And in the future, you could use your home. Let's do it together. So the first place and say it and do it. So we learn, we use all of our senses. Mm-hmm. First place is the top of your head. So one is top. So everyone touches the top of your head. One is top mm-hmm. and say, say top. top. Two is nose. Mm-hmm. So nose. nose. Three is mouth. Mouth. Four ears. Ears. Five throat. Five throat. Six shoulders. Six shoulders. Seven collar. Seven collar. Eight fingers. Eight fingers. Nine belly. Nine belly. And ten is your bottom. Ten is your bottom. We're, we're going from top to bottom. Top to <laughs> so bottom. Really, Cute. Yeah, one is top. Let's do it again one more time. One top. Top. Nose. Nose. Mouth. Mouth. Ears. Ears. Throat. Throat. Shoulders. Shoulders. Collar. Collar. Fingers. Fingers. Belly. Belly. And and bottom. Good. (laughs) Now, these are your 10 places. And so in the first place, I'm going to just rattle off 10 foods. And again, everyone should, everyone's bio-individual. They should go to a, a great health practitioner and have a, you know, food sensitivity test. Exactly. And get what you, yeah, the, the, the real food. Jim, I have to quickly interrupt you there for yes. one second. I'm so excited you're doing this because I used to do this with my patients years ago and my okay. traumatic brain injured patients. We used to do this, these techniques. And you know, it's, for years, I haven't heard anyone talk about these for a long no. time. So I want to thank you for reviving. Yes. What yeah, is an ancient it, it, it used to, practice? We used to do this all the time. We used to do this yeah. all the time. Even in our languaging, we used. To, if you ever found yourself saying in the first place this, in the second place that, and yeah, we do. If we, we used to store information in places like this, exactly. And so the languaging is still there, but the technique we're you know it's one of the many techniques we teach in the memory chapter on how to remember things because these ten places could also be ten places you put uh, talking points to a speech or to a sales presentation, or an actor or Broadway performer could use to remind them where they are. And so a medical student, it could be the different course. parts of the, yeah, it's like it's and endless, so, it's limitless. So, again, so pi, memory sees is pi, place, we have the 10 places, mm-hmm. and now I stands for imagine, because sometimes we're better at imagining and hearing it, you know, hearing it, seeing it, and feeling it. So if you use all of it, we could use more of our nervous system to, to really encode it. And so... The, I'll go into these foods and remember, you know, get tested and find what, what's best for you. Food sensitivity, gut microbiome, whatever, whatever the health professional yeah. recommends. So let's go with avocados first. So avocados, now the E in pie stands for entwine. So you need to imagine it on, on that your place, top your head, and you're entwining it, you're just mixing them together. So imagine an avocado, or if you want to make it silly, we know that information by itself is very forgettable, but information combined with emotion becomes unforgettable. So you get out of make it a little silly or playful. You're more likely to remember it. So maybe you're conditioning your hair with guacamole. Yep, right? There you go. These are the and you would never forget that, right? <laughs> no, never. The second place is your nose. And I want everyone to remember the second brain food are blueberries. So I call them brain berries, but blueberries coming out of your nose. There and you go. <laughs> if, if you found you can see ever, that, yeah. if a blueberry ever popped out of your nose, you would never forget that. You would remember that for no, years. I don't think you forget that. Right? Exactly. So imagine that. See it, feel it, smell it. Okay. Third place is your mouth. And I want you to remember broccoli. Broccoli. And a lot of foods we're talking about here, the, you know, they're, they're neuroprotectives, area of like no, neuronutrition. So broccoli stuck in your teeth. 
like maybe a big yeah. piece of broccoli and make it Stuck exaggerate in. a little bit. So it's you really see that piece out. sticking out, you know, you're just about exactly. to go on stage and you got exactly. that piece of broccoli stuck exactly. there. <laughs> and if you're, if you're getting stuck, just think about what an eight year old would do. So that's your, your mouth. Fourth place are your ears. And I want you to remember olive oil, olive oil. So maybe, maybe you're cleaning your ears with olive oil or you're wearing olives as earrings. There's no right or wrong. It's just, and if you <laughs> just chuckle, whatever, whatever, whatever works. Exactly. Whatever works. There's, it, it's amazing because I, I feel like people would remember that. Your fifth place is your throat. And this might not be for everybody, certainly because of their diet, but there's some studies that suggest the, the choline and the eggs are good for the brain. Very, so imagine, very good. Uh, there's a lot of studies. I have to tell you that's yeah. perfect. That, so yeah. imagine Instead of an Adam's apple, maybe you have an egg. egg there instead, a hard-boiled egg. Hard-boiled <laughs> egg for your Adam's throat. apple. Good. We're halfway through. Now, six are your shoulders, and that's green leafy vegetables. So I want you to imagine shoulder pads made out of kale and spinach. Kale this and is spinach. my kale and spinach shoulder, shoulder pads. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Kale and spinach shoulder pads. Seven is your collar. And for seven, I'm going to say wild salmon. Uh, oh, wild salmon. You get your, your fish oils, your DHAs, and I yes. imagine a necklace made out of salmon sushi. There's my or salmon. There's my salmon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can smell it or taste it or something, right? And so just imagine it there, and that's your necklace made out of salmon. And then eight are your fingers, and I like turmeric. And turmeric, yes. that golden spice. So um, good for you. You can imagine your fingers just covered in. They just go, uh, yes. We did yeah, it. Yeah, turmeric, exactly. yeah, yellow fingers. I, yeah. I make like a golden milk sometimes in the morning where I'll put like fresh almond milk and some turmeric, a little pepper to help me absorb yeah. it. But yes, yeah, whatever you turmeric is good for your brain. And then finally, nine and 10, nine is your belly. How about walnuts? Walnuts. Good one. Yep. Good one for your brain. And walnuts actually look like the human brain which is interesting. So an extra mnemonic Very to interesting, remember. yeah. <laughs> but walnuts coming out of your belly button, or imagine that. There walnuts coming out of your belly button. I can see it. And then finally, the last place is your bottom. And here's a yummy one, uh, dark chocolate. <laughs> and I don't want to know what anyone thinks about this dark chocolate. That's a good one. That one. It's all dark you said there. was two exactly. big slabs of dark, cho- dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. <laughs> there you go. Now you're at the grocery store. You're you ready to, you want to ready to have a, this limitless brain party. And then now you don't have the grocery list because maybe you wrote it down or you forgot it back in the car or wherever. And now you're walking the aisles. You have, you have the list because it's inside you. It's yeah, inside. it's on your body. You just go through your body. Exactly. Yeah. Guacamole. So on the top of your head, the of your head you have the yes, exactly. avocados. The out of your nose, you have blueberries. Blueberries. And your teeth, you, you got the broccoli. Broccoli. Out of your olive ears, oil. Your, olive oil. Your throat, you have an egg. egg. And then your shoulders, you have Leafy shoulder pads. kale and spinach. Exactly. And seven, the collar, salmon. you have salmon collar necklace. Eight on your fingers is covered in turmeric. You know, turmeric. And out of your belly button, your you walnuts. Have the walnuts and your bottom. Chocolate. You dark, dark, dark chocolate. Because <laughs> what's good for your mood is generally good for your mind. That was fun. Exactly. Fantastic. Oh, I had so much fun. I used to do this with my patients years ago in therapy. And I, you just do it so well. That it's was so, amazing. So I, I feel like and that your brain's learnt and it's happy that, and that reading and learning and thinking it could be while it's difficult. You know, while sometimes it is difficult, it's, it could also be fun. You know, it like is. snowboarding is sometimes difficult and it's work, but it could be fun also when you. That's when you're, the when thing. You get it good is it. fun. 
and to bring playfulness into it. I said this to an audience, you know, I, I speak in front of a quarter million people a, a year live mm, and I was lot. speaking to an audience and then saying like, you know, when you're playful, you know, and I was saying, talk about the power of play and children yeah, learning very and willing to make mistakes when they're in that state. And they're like, well, I stopped playing because I grew older. I'm like, are you sure you didn't grow older because you stopped playing? Because <laughs> maybe <laughs> you grow older because you stopped playing. And playfulness, is, I think it's very yeah, so it, it stimulates neuroplasticity. It actually creates the little growth in the dendrites to build memories long term and that kind of thing. So it's just, oh, there's just so much. Every time you're talking, I'm just thinking of all these brain, <laughs> mind-brain connections. Oh, this is amazing. You've been fantastic. Okay, I want to honor your time and we just have to yes. have you back again. You've just been phenomenal. And I'm just absolutely thrilled at, at your knowledge and what you're doing. And thank you for yes. showing the world that despite Despite a traumatic brain injury, despite all the setbacks, you came back and yeah. how you've now translated this into helping millions around the world. And I just want to thank honor you. you and thank you for that. And I'm absolutely thrilled and privileged to interview you and so excited that you'll come back and so oh, excited that you. I now know you and that we can connect and do stuff. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I encourage people to, to, if they're interested in going deeper in this also, is to, is to look into the book. Please you know, do. So can like, you tell them how can they get hold of you? So what, and we'll yeah, put this all in the show notes absolutely. as well. So. This book, I would love, you just go to limitlessbook.com and I prepared a number of, of gifts as Lovely. a thank you for purchasing this book, including a 10-day program on how to speed read and improve your memory. Because I want to make this the most read book that somebody owns. So when they go to Limitless Book, I'm going to gift them a reading memory program so they Beautiful. will equip. So when the book shows up, which is available now, then they, they're excited because they're good at reading and they're good at remembering. Oh, that's fantastic. And then we're going to do a four-week book club. The book has four sections, which I'm very proud of, The Hero's Journey that I mentioned. And we're going to be Love doing it. one week per so section. those colors so in the book. Mm-hmm. Yes. Limitlessbook.com is where you get the book. Um, it has links all around the world because I know you have listeners everywhere. Yes, and all over. Submit their receipt and get those bonus gifts. We also do a bonus chapter on Limitless for kids. So Beautiful. you can apply this for children. That's so good because that was one of my questions. So we've at least yes. they can go to the book and they can get And it'll be a bonus chapter. They'll be able to get also as well. So how do you apply this model for children so they have that limitless mindset? They believe things are possible. They believe they're capable of. They believe in themselves. How you motivate them. How you yeah. teach them the best methods so they don't have to unlearn them later on as adults. And then Fantastic. limitless for teams. So if somebody has a team of three or 300, how to build learning organizations, the kind of work we do at Nike and Google and SpaceX and places. And then I would challenge everybody actually to follow us both on social media and tag. That's how we connect. It's amazing because we're not even physically, we're we're physically distant, but we're being social. Yeah, we're being more deep, meaningful connections than ever. Humanity is really reaching out and forming those bonds. Yeah, social distancing is is like, we don't have to socially distance. We can still be social like we're all doing right now. Exactly, yeah. And that, but we could physically distant, but we don't want to be mentally distant. We don't want to exactly. be emotionally we distant. We want those exactly. You know, and so okay. I would say connect with us on social media. And I would actually challenge somebody with a small, simple step that I believe if you want to learn something faster, one of the best ways of doing it is when you're listening to a podcast or reading a book is to learn with the intention of teaching somebody else. Exactly. Because when I you learn to say teach. all the time. Absolutely. You get to totally. learn it twice. Your brain when shifts you completely. It, Totally Completely. shifts. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when you teach something, you get to learn it twice. So maybe re-listen this episode and here's your challenge is take a screenshot of this episode mm-hmm. or, you know, take a screenshot of this video or this, this episode, this audio, or take a picture of your notes and then post it online. Tag both of us. Yeah. I'm at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, and uh, share your mm-hmm. big aha. Like what's one thing that you learned or one thing 
the small, simple stuff you're going to do because then you're teaching it to your fans, to your followers, to your friends, Wonderful. your family. Love and it. I will repost some of my favorites and I'll actually gift a copy of the book to one random person who does that just to oh, encourage them to be active. But I want to thank you so much for, thank you so much for the, the amazing work that you do. Thank and you. the contribution that you make, because now more than ever, I believe people need that. You know, when we're in turbulent times and, oh, yeah. and things are a challenge, we know that we need people to encourage us, to to educate us, to challenge us, to cheerlead for us. Absolutely. And so thank you for doing that. Oh, and, thank you. Thank you for what you, you do. And for everyone who's listening who doesn't have that person in their life, stay tuned to these kind of podcasts because community is so important. Yeah. And if you haven't found that person, be that person for somebody else. Exactly. And then wonderful words. Be that person for yourself. So wonderful. Thank oh, you so much. Jim, thank you. That we'll was beautiful. We'll put we go we definitely without a doubt. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. And all those details will be in the show notes. So thank you. Take care. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.